0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mendoza Line. This is episode 28 and is the very first episode of our second season as a show, and I am incredibly excited to welcome back to the show my co-host and good friend, Nick Coates. What's going on? We're back. (laughs) And we are, man. I'm excited.
1: I'm, I'm emerging from hibernation from a long, cold, but not really cold winter Okay, it was seventy. More, thing. It was seventy-six degrees here on Friday. We had a doubleheader here at the university that I work at, so it feels like we're already in the middle of baseball season already. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, we went uh, like seventy-six on Wednesday, like sixty-five on Thursday, thirty-three and snowing on Friday. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, was... it definitely got colder here over the weekend too, but no snow. I, I'm doing great. Very excited to be back. Our second season of Mendoza line.
0: I know I've never done a seasonal podcast before. This is exciting. It's like you, you get the, uh, emotion of, you know, oh, we're going to go away for a while, but then the excitement of, oh, we're coming back. And so it's, yeah, I'm just excited to be back to doing this and, um, look forward to, um, what this season holds and hopefully holding my own more, uh, when it comes to baseball knowledge than I did last season.
1: You you did pretty well for yourself. Looking back on our predictions, you know we did that this uh for this year, but we did pretty well last year. Both picking the Cubs to win the World Series, or maybe you did you do? I, I know I did. Did you not for, to be contrarian? I can't remember.
0: No, I picked the I picked the Tigers to make the World Series because I'm a oh, totally homer. Yes, that's right. That was my that was my glitch. <laughs>
1: You know, I respect you as a fan for putting yourself out there like that. i i,
0: I did I did not make that mistake this year.
1: I was going to ask if where we would eventually get to that, but yeah, it's exactly it's exciting to have some real baseball to talk about here. Spring training is off and running, and we we have about five yeah five weeks from tonight we'll have baseball for real, which still seems like a long time. We've got the World Baseball Classic in there. But yeah, I got a lot of things to talk about. We, It's been a few months since we had our winter meetings podcast, so got a bulk of the, the off-season moves there, so we're going to do a quick little run-through here of um, some things that have happened recently, and then we'll jump into our season predictions, put ourselves out there, see see how we're going to fare this year, and how the baseball season will unfold. I'm excited to hear your American League predictions, Cam. Uh, well, you better
0: be, because it looks like we picked very similarly. <laughs> so I hope you're excited about it. Great
1: minds think alike.
0: Uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like a lot of my early season predictions is based on like what happened last year, which I realize is not exactly the best way to make your predictions. But I'm okay with what I made. But we'll we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, I do believe we have some other business to take care of before then, though.
1: Yeah, we're going to try out a new segment on the Mendoza Line podcast this year uh, called What is the Count? So as you know, in baseball, you have a a count that the batter uses, uh, balls and strikes, you get four balls uh, for a walk, three balls, three strikes for a strikeout. So we're going to start off each of our podcasts with uh, What's the Count, at which we will cover some of the news, the recent news, uh, our strikes will be things that we think are on point, if you get what I'm saying, or things that we're excited about, think are are good for baseball. And our balls will be things that we think are a little off the mark or maybe some cold takes that we will bring to the table. So we will we'll bring those. We'll see if we we strike out, if we have too many strikes, if we walk or... You know, maybe maybe we're gonna put it in play to, to start off the podcast. But fun play on words to recap some of the news. You know, as we go through the season, what we learned last year is that every single week brings some new and exciting happenings within the major league baseball uh, season. It's a long season; a lot of things go on. But our way of keeping everyone up to date, uh, and as we lead into our main topic uh, each week, so.
0: I have a question, real quick. Absolutely. Are we are we viewing this as the hitter or the pitcher? Because it seems like strikes in this scenario are a good thing and balls are a bad thing. So it seems to me like we're viewing it from the pitcher's point of view.
1: Well, if you remember, we're the Mendoza Line podcast. So <laughs> as hitters, we're we're very happy with we'll mediocrity. <laughs> you know, just getting getting on base every once in a while is a, you know perfectly fine with us. So. All right. We Fair can enough. we can approach it from that angle, or if it makes more sense, yeah, maybe the, no, pit, cool. the pitcher uh, perspective might make more sense. But you know, if if we want to be all about excellence, we can do the pitchers. So you want to start off? Sure. All right. So we have our, our first strike coming across the plate, especially for yours truly, Brandon Phillips. Finally got traded from my beloved Cincinnati Red Lakes. So this was a this was a long time coming for me. Um, as the Reds. I remember
0: you last year yeah. saying that you wanted him to get traded, but had you were under no illusion that it would happen because why would anyone actually trade for him? Yeah, doesn't he have a a
1: larger contract than he's really worth? He did. He uh, signed a f- six year contract, obviously five years ago when he was still. More in his prime, still more valuable. So we've gotten to the last uh, d- year of his deal, and he has definitely declined the last couple years. Um, still, I mean, he's still a good. He's a good baseball player. I mean, he's playing in the major leagues. I'm not, I don't want to say that he's an awful, you know, player because he's still he he held his own last year. But you know, when you look at the Reds and where they are, and their rebuilding effort he is not going to be part of the next good Reds team because he only has one good year left on his deal. And him playing on the Reds this year was going to keep some valuable playing time from younger players who we need to find out if they are good or not because they've been bad for two years now. And this is the year that I think they are wanting to see some progress. Um, and, you know, I don't think they're in, under any illusion that they're going to be good or a challenge for central division this year but they need to see their young guys get playing time and to see if they are going to be legitimate options moving forward and him being on the team another year was not going to be beneficial for that so they trade him to the braves which is where he grew up just outside of atlanta so he gets to go to his hometown team what's hilarious is the reds traded him he had 14 million dollars left on his deal the reds paid 13 million of that and got basically two non-prospects in return. So they basically saved a million dollars off of what we would have owed him this year to to not play for us. That's how desperate they were to get rid of him. And it it's interesting, too, because, I mean, they've tried to trade him three times, at least, in the last year or so. And he has 10-5 rights because he's been in the majors for 10 years Uh, five on the same team so he could reject any trade that he wanted to which he had done and which was within his rights but this was the one that he finally gets gets traded to um which is interesting yeah i mean it's his hometown but they're i mean the braves aren't going to be any good and he he had a chance to go to the nationals last year and decided not to even though he knew that the reds were going to be bad so it's just been a bad situation all around He played last year and you know, took valuable playing time from Jose Peraza and we traded for Dilson Herrera, so so yeah, it's been a I mean, he was a good Red. He'll be in the Reds Hall of Fame, but towards the end, his just off-the-field antics and just never really seemed like a a team guy in the sense of, yeah I mean, he was never coming off the field under any circumstance and yeah, it's just time to move on. So it's good and in some sense yeah, it was the one of the last big pieces of the rebuild that needed to happen for the Reds to be able to have some of the younger guys be able to play. So I'm excited about that. It gives me a reason to yeah, see success for them uh, in this upcoming season.
0: I just wanna make one point
1: here. You can't paid... you can't dissuade me from being happy about this.
0: No, 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 I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm I'm for the for the non-reds
2: fan, you know, listening to this podcast. They paid 13 million dollars just to get rid of a guy
0: like and that is not that is not uncommon in sports, be it coaches in college football or like I'm pretty sure Charlie Weiss is still getting paid by Notre Dame. Like it's just like,
1: I don't understand like I'm in the wrong line of business. I'm not gonna lie, that'd be a shot at my self-esteem if someone paid that amount of amount of money just, just to get out of Just to
2: get me. you out of town, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean the money would be nice, I guess, but
0: I hadn't even thought about it from that point perspective of like oh wow they paid 13 million just to get rid of me i thought oh my gosh how how desperate are they as an organization say just we're gonna take 13 million dollars and quite literally flush it down a toilet or set it on fire or like it's money they're never getting back especially because you said they didn't get prospects really for him yeah it's just sports contracts to me are some of the most ludicrous things
1: well baseball baseball especially i'd say baseball and major college coaching because those contracts are guaranteed as opposed to football most of the time they can just cut you and not really have any repercussions for that but you know for the Reds I hope that this is a valuable lesson for them as a small market team that they can't sign guys like that to long term deals when they know that at the end of the deal that they're going to be completely hamstringing them in there you know they couldn't have foreseen the rebuilding process because when they signed them they were at the top of their you know little run there where they made the playoffs three out of four years but you know second basemen are some of the you know that's where you put the least athletic infielder like they're you can find you know you re- can replace a second baseman much easier than a a shortstop or a third baseman um, or a center fielder so you just have to be so wise with your assets you know for the reds just a little you know side tangent but that phillips contract and then signing homer bailey to what they did which wasn't necessarily a bad deal but he's just been hurt and hasn't produced for them has killed them you know mesarocco signing him to the deal they did he hasn't played the last two years and now they owe him Uh, I think it's around $20 million the next two years, and they're not totally sure what they get out of him. You know, when you make those deals, you need those players to produce for the length of their contracts. And Phillips just hasn't been the guy that he has needed to be since probably the last couple years. And I mean, he's he's 36 this year. It's just empirically, players, especially middle infielders, decline in their mid-30s. So you can't give a contract where you owe that much money over you know their age 35 and 36 seasons you're just asking for trouble in that regard and they waited too long to trade not only they should have traded Phillips before he got those 10-5 rights but there are other cases you know with Todd Frazier and you know their oldest Chapman obviously where they just waited too long uh, to trade those players but we're finally at the end of things uh, they got a good prospect pool now, good, a good farm system, so it's time to start seeing those guys play. So I'm excited about that for this upcoming season. And we don't have to talk about him on the Reds anymore, which is, it feels good.
0: <laughs> All right. I won't mention what position I play when I play softball.
1: <laughs> well, softball's a little different there, Cam. <laughs> That, yeah, we're
0: all we're all unathletic. In softball, right? <laughs> you put the
1: worst player at first base. <laughs> or right field, you know. No, actually probably catcher. Yeah. That's probably yeah. where you want to hide. But second baseman are very important, especially for those left handed hitters. Let's move on to our next pitch. All right, we got a ball. Even up to count one and one. So I don't know if you followed this story, but uh, Dylan Batances, uh lost his arbitration case with the Yankees. So he wanted five million, and the Yankees countered with three. And his argument was, as one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball, um, he deserved to be paid like uh, what he would have gotten if he was a top-notch closer, which would have been five million dollars. That's kind of been the precedent for I think that's what a role Chapman got his last year of arbitration. But because he's not necessarily a full time closer, you know, he took over the job at the end of last year when the Yankees traded uh Chapman. But um you know he's been consistent in the last uh definitely three years. You know, you go back in 2014, he threw 90 innings and had a 1.4 ERA, had 135 strikeouts in 90 innings. 2015, he threw 84, had a 1.5 ERA, 131 strikeouts. Last year, he was a little bit of a down year. Uh, He only threw 73 innings, 308 ERA, but still 126 strikeouts. This is a very high leverage guy. He had 12 saves last year and a part time. Role, but for that, you know, he's only has 22 saves in his in his whole career. So, because baseball is very old-fashioned, um, still, even this in this year of 2017, he lost his arbitration case, and one of the main reasons was because he didn't have the saves required for that. And what made this worse was the Yankees president came out and basically said that he deserved to lose because he asked for closer type money and he basically countered, well it's going to be a little bit easier to head to free agency now because the Yankees don't view me in that way or don't want to pay me the extra you know million dollars or two million dollars to pay me like I deserve because he is he's a top-notch reliever who would close on many many other teams Um, except that the Yankees have had Chapman. And, you know, we're moving into a new era of baseball where we see the playoffs last year where Andrew Miller was the best relief pitcher on the Indians, and he very rarely closed. He was pitching in the more high-leverage situations, which is what a lot of people argue the best pitcher should be doing. They should be waiting until the ninth inning Mm -hmm. uh, to pitch. So kind of a playing out of uh, the old-school-versus-new-school philosophy. And in this case, in the arbitration case, the old school philosophy kind of wins out because they're focusing on that infamous save category instead of his actual worth. You know, having a early pitcher who's throwing 85 to 90 innings, high quality innings like that is extremely valuable, as you saw in the playoffs last year. So we will see how I think this is going to begin a shift in that dynamic because of the kind of the public outcry from that and just the changing and the um just in the the idea or how you know certain relievers are valued i think it's going to go away a little bit more from the saves to the actual statistics and the the where these pictures are being used if that makes sense
0: yeah it's
2: I think part of it is too like it's so much easier to um,
0: like classify players based on the position. You know, like we all know the quarterback is the most important position in football because of how the game has evolved mm-hmm. and with how pass heavy things are, and you know all that sort of stuff. And so quarterbacks get paid big money. Um, and in baseball, you know, you've got your your big power hitters, your three and four. You know, used to be your first baseman in your DH in the American League. But, you know, things have shifted with guys like, uh, you know, Daniel Murphy and Bryce Harper and um, guys that don't necessarily fit the, you know, uh, Miguel Cabrera or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa, you know, mold. Just these big monsters that hit. It's it's, it's, now it's changing to guys that are second baseman or shortstops or you know, left fielders or third basemen that are your main hitters as opposed to how it used to be. And the same thing, as you said, is happening with pitching. You know, the closer was the sexy position. Ooh, I only come in when the game's on the line because I can't be bothered to pitch in the third inning because that's not important. And now you're seeing, as you said, guys like Andrew Miller and um, other pitchers around the league and and organizations shifting their, their thought to put the best pitcher in the game at the most important time, and that might be in the seventh inning, when mm-hmm. the team that the team that's losing is rallying. Bring your best guy in there to shut it down. And I'm excited for that. If that shift continues to,
1: yeah, say say happen. there's there's two guys on. You know the team is up by one. You got the best hitter coming to play. Like who do you want in the game? You want your best pitcher? Because if that if that hitter hits a double, hits two runs in, then your best pitcher
0: never sees the field yeah. that
1: you never get the lead back you never see the field so you know i see it's difficult because yeah i mean if you use your pitcher and you can't make it to the ninth inning and you have to bring in a less i mean you're still you still might lose the game it's a, a lot of hypotheticals but i'm one of those where i would want to lose having spent all of my all of my best you know all my you know all my best shots and not oh regretting not using one of my best pitchers in a very high level situation so very interesting to see what happens with that all right strike two one and two is the count now i'm really excited about this new book that i'm reading called ahead of the curve by brian kinney he works for he's done he's done some espn work in the past but he one of the leading analysis on the MLB network. And I've heard about this book, came out last year, but I just rented it from the library and I've been really enjoying it. I'm not super far in it yet, but the few bits of it that I've read, I think we we could spend a lot of time talking about just because it's so fascinating. Um, He just talks a lot about how old-fashioned and ingrained the culture of baseball has been and just how ridiculous it is. Um, how certain things are played out because of that one of the interesting things that i want to talk about was when you look at managers they all fit like basically two categories of either being um pretty much they're all ex-ball players and very few of them have any experience outside of major league baseball and pretty much all of them were you know backup catchers or uh you know, a few of them have been pitchers, and they all are, um, most of them are white, they are all mostly pretty big and tall, and they just have a certain look about them. And also, how they are evaluated, um, you know, we, we talk about the relievers as one of those situations where there's a certain expectation of how relievers are used, um, The bunt is another big one, talking about how statistically uh, when you bunt or sacrifice bunt, you're actually decreasing your chance to score runs, not only in the inning, but the amount of runs by giving up outs. So talking about in playoff games where managers statistically made bad decisions on whether it was Grady Little, you know, back in 2003, and then ALCS leaving Pedro Martinez. In way too long when statistically it showed that his ERA spiked after 100 pitches um you know despite having a rested bullpen this is when in game 7 when the the Red Sox and Yankees you know were going at it back in the day and he as an old-fashioned guy felt in his gut that he had to leave his guy out there so you know long story short pedro gives it up um the bullpen never even really has a chance to come in and stop the bleeding and the Red Sox lose, you know, but he was, you know, he was second guess for that. But in his mind, he doesn't regret it, because that's just what was always done. You know, you leave your guy in there, you trust him. And he didn't even look at the stats. Um, It talked about um, Mike Matheny and John Farrell and the Cardinals and Red Sox World Series a few years ago, a few different situations where they um, would call for bunts and how It didn't, you know, there's three different times where they did that and they never scored, but they weren't second guessed for that because that's just how it's always been done. Um, So in one way, just how managers are reviewed, you know, a manager is going to be way more scrutinized for trying new things. Whereas in football, like the the coaches that try new things are applauded for being innovative. And, you know, Bill Belichick is a guy that uses every statistical tactical advantage to his you know, advantage, and he wins for that, whereas in baseball, new, innovative things like that are, you know, looked down upon. You know, the shift recently was...
0: Unless you're Joe Madden, Somehow he can get away with it.
1: Well, and he's kind of the new era of, like, making it a little bit more acceptable, but when he first started, there was definitely a ton of pushback uh, to all the shifts that he was, you know, employing. Talking about when the Rays uh, started doing that, you know, they, I think they swept the Yankees, the opening series, and uh, it was like 2011. You know, the Yankees were coming off a World Series, and the Rays were up and coming, and they were like, they were saying how the shift wouldn't last or whatever, but, you know, it's uh, a year later, pretty much everyone is shifting. So that was just interesting, and then I thought it was interesting, too, just the background of you can't even get a job as a manager unless you're an ex-ball player or you've... Um, been working in the majors your whole lives like there are no managers that have college coaching experience whereas you look at all the other sports like some of the more successful coaches um, are the ones that you know worked in college or because they had to work so hard they had to maximize their talents whereas all these ex-ball players um, they just kind of they made it there it's almost like a sense of to be a manager you have to have been there before um, or the ball players won't won't respect you so it's just just it's just funny like bizarre culture that baseball has that's very different from the other sports and uh, he thinks a lot of that is inhibiting you know really good manager manager talent from arising just because it's impossible to get a job unless you fit a certain criteria um so yeah i'm i'm excited to to read that and and just see the new ideas that he brings forward and I'm sure it's going to be frustrating as well just to see how crazy it is, uh, and that big of a business. And, um, you know, he, he referenced Theo a lot, like a lot of, you know, Theo Epstein back in his Red Sox days was one of the first people to really, um, renovate the bullpen usage and how initially it failed terribly. He just got killed for it. um, just those new ideas, but, you know, looking back on it now, this is going to just totally change how bullpens are used. So really interesting stuff. Um So, yeah, be on the lookout if and see if you notice any, like, short or scrawny managers because I don't think you'll find them. <laughs> and very few minority ones as well, which is interesting because, um, you know, baseball has such a strong Latin culture and – Um, Yeah,
0: yeah but it's it's a good old boys club
1: for sure which is part of the issue but
0: yeah it's really unfortunate
1: all right this next one is you i got ball two
0: yes let me scroll back up all right so uh i had been reading the off season that there were a few things up for um debate uh and decision making um one of them was changing the strike zone Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was raising it, I believe, um, because there was a lot of pitches that were at the knees or below that were getting called strikes, and people weren't happy about that.
1: Yeah, they weren't calling as many pitches up in the zone, right?
0: Yeah, so that was up for debate. But the other one that was up for debate was uh, intentional <laughs> walking and just allowing it to be a signal from the dugout instead of the pitcher awkwardly throwing four balls to the catcher away from the Uh, the batter which has always been you know how it's been done and it's silly and it screws the picture up and it's boring and you know (laughs) all this stuff but so here's the the deal the article i read said that it's pretty much been agreed upon if not by the time of this recording actually been agreed upon that this season the intentional walk will not just be a dugout signal
1: did they decide I on what the signal is? Just uh, hopefully,
0: hopefully tugging on your ear or rubbing your belly while blowing a bubble uh, <laughs> with your gum. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, maybe, you know, if none of that, you know, works and maybe they have to do the Dougie, um, that would be good. Watch Dusty Baker do the Dougie. Uh, <laughs> I watched. <laughs> <there's an
1: image. laughs> yeah, that is. There's an image. I watched some players being interviewed about this, and pretty much all of them are just like, who cares? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and it's one of those like the reason it's a ball is because it's there has been a huge deal,
1: like shortening made about the this. game or whatever.
0: Yeah, and and like I, we'll have a link in the show notes to uh, an article, but it's like it's going to save on average like ten seconds a game. Yeah, because intentional walks happen so infrequently now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure the article says that last year was the least intentional, the least amount of intentional walks ever.
1: I think also like statistically, it's a terrible idea. Like there are, I mean, I think there's a few situations where it's you should do it, but I mean, we're talking very few. Yeah,
0: statistically negligible. Like it, it it doesn't matter. And so they made this big deal about it, and you know, the one that people were really were more concerned with was the strike zone. But whatever, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna save everyone the pain of watching, you know. Max Scherzer lob four pitches to the catcher and then watch an idiot try and swing at one because why not? Like it just It got way more attention than I think it should have. And yeah. I realize like it like it's been the rule forever. Or people, as far as people have been
1: had, people yeah. doing it in beer league softball for ages.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's just funny to me. Like, it doesn't, I don't think it changes the game. I don't think it, you know, makes baseball less authentic or, you know, we're not chipping away at the foundation of the game because we're letting the pitcher not look like an idiot mm-hmm. throwing four. Like, it just, okay. It's a new, it's a change on an old rule. It doesn't really affect the purity of the game, you national leaguers. And, uh,
1: how dare you.
0: You can you can intentionally walk the pitcher or the DH. It's totally up to you. <laughs> yeah. But it just it's one of those like it okay, great. Let's move on to baseball.
1: First thing it's this, next thing you're gonna ask us to get a DH. That's where it all this is where it all starts.
0: <laughs> Sorry, first it's this and then what?
1: <laughs> you're gonna ask us to get a DH as a national. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh
2: no.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's whatever. The- I'm I'm in the same i don't I hopefully too many people aren't getting outraged about this i don't I don't think so but i no, can i'm see just it. not
0: looking i'm not looking forward to all the announcers every single national broadcast game nah, talking about it
1: you know the only thing i the only thing I think they should do and this is even scary for me to say, but the thing that takes forever is all the pitching changes like when you have five pitching changes in an inning that's what makes a game like four hours long. So, but I don't really know what you can do about that besides a pitch. If you bring a pitcher in, he has to pitch to two people or something like that. I don't know.
0: I know what you do. You have the pitchers driven from the <laughs> dugout to the no, mound. on a golf they cart. Should, Yes.
1: They should have to do what Todd Coffey used to do. They have to and sprint in. Sprint. <laughs> you have to sprint in, and you get five warm up pitches. And then okay. Let's go.
0: Okay. I'm thinking uh, of a pitcher. Everyone hated him. I think he was on the Mets or the Braves. He used to sprint like a madman from the bullpen.
1: John Rocker?
2: Yes.
0: Yes. I couldn't remember his name. I could see his face, though. You
1: need to put a couple of those videos in the share notes.
0: Okay. Whatever happened to him?
1: Um. Did he, he flame out? He flamed out, and then, yeah, he came out as a flaming racist and... So he said a few things recently. I, th- I think he made the news in, but I haven't really heard much of him besides that. Six foot four, two twenty five.
0: Yeah, dude. Dude was a large man.
1: He was very big. All right. So last one. Strike three. Ringing him up.
0: Oh man! Well, that's good. Yay! Three strikes. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Ferrari on the field, what's going on with this act Cubs oh,
0: practice? Yeah, the Cubs they win the World Series and they get Oh
1: Ferrari gosh, they're on gonna be the fool themselves.
0: No, no, this is actually hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the article up so I can I can read you know read verbatim.
1: You know what my favorite thing about this off season was? Was every pretty much every week a Cubs fan? referencing oh remember when this happened a month ago and showing the Re- or the cubs win the world series again i'm just like hey, puke
0: let them have their moment They've i'm done
1: patiently it's over they had their moment that night let's move on
0: all right so <laughs> hopefully this will you know make you hate them less so they're in practice in Arizona and the strength coach, Tim Buss, rolls onto the field in a white Ferrari 360 Spider convertible. Because, you know, you won the World Series. Why not drive in a sports car? Uh, and he shows up, and it's, you know, super flashy and yada, yada, yada. Um, essentially, the whole point was
2: um, to let last year be last year and let this year be this year. Um, That's and, deep. Well, like...
0: They, he brought the Ferrari on to make a point, like, "Oh my God, there's a Ferrari in the field!" Like, ah, oh. and it was okay. We've had our we've had our time in the sun. We this year is not about being flashy. It's not about you know uh, basking in the glory of what we did last year. Let last year be last year. Let's just you know leave the Ferrari in the parking lot and let's play some baseball, <laughs> sort of thing. I just thought it was funny.
1: And then they That's all got in a big mob pit and said, let's go. Right. And then they had a great practice.
0: Yep. And then captain planet showed up and you know, they all pointed their rings in the sky and yeah, it was totally fine.
1: I, I don't know. I know a Ferrari is a nice car, but everything else you said before that was gibberish. I didn't understand any of it, but.
0: What was gibberish? What are you talking what about? What kind
1: of Ferrari it was? I didn't oh, understand.
0: Three, uh, you can look in the show notes, Nick, which can be found at supermegacorp.net slash mendoza slash two eight.
1: Nice. I nice. Had, to,
0: had, had to slide that in there, you know?
1: All right. Su- well, since we struck out, we let's move on to our main topic. We, uh, This is one of our staples of the Nerds Lion Podcast, our predictions for the season and our infinite wisdom. We have poured over the data all winter, have emerged from our offices with the clear, empirically tested results from who we think are going to win each of the divisions, the wild cards, and eventually the World Series. So are you yeah, ready I don't know to about, do this? I
0: don't know about you, but I did some illicit drugs and went to a sweat shack to get my answers. So
1: <laughs> I had, I was—if you picture a montage scene from any Rocky movie or Hot Rod, anything like that—I went out into <laughs> the went did out to the punch forest punch danced rage out, punch <laughs> danced and did push-ups with the the books on my back and all oh that. Oh my and, gosh! Yes, and then the. If you picture the, the different equations going across the screen and me thinking and pondering each one of these sweating Favorite metrics, man. Falling down on the ground, picking myself back up. Uh, I think drinking I drinking some raw eggs. Yes. I have emerged ready to produce what I think is going to happen.
0: All right. Well let's get
1: to it then. Should I should I start off with my national league picks and then we'll go to your American And then I'll finish with my American. Sound good? That works. All right. So I, for the National League East, I'm going to go with the defending National League champions, the Washington Nationals. I just, uh, I looked at their lineup, adding Adam Eaton to the top. Um, Did you
0: you say National League champions?
1: National League East champions.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) I, I think I said that originally. We'll have to listen yeah. to the record. Yeah, well, good thing we're recording. We I, I was very careful. I was very careful to not say National League champions because they didn't. Um, win,
0: but. Pretty sure that's what you said, but it's okay. Continue on. We, <laughs> we will.
1: We will find out. But yeah, I, <clears throat> They made their their big acquisition this year. Adam Eaton will be playing center field, which I think will be huge for their already good offense but also defensively not having trey turner out there who they just threw out there having very little outfield experience um very impressive the season that he had despite that but you know you have a an outfield of harper eaton and worth all guys that get on base um all have really good pop i think worth still has some in the tank got rendon at third turner at full time at short that's a guy that I think is going to be a superstar. You know, not many people probably know who he is, but he is going to be a superstar. I think after this year, he's got, he's one of the fastest guys in the majors, but he's got good pop and he's so young. He's, he's only going to get better. Got the, um, uh, Daniel Murphy at second. We'll see if he can do what he did last year, which is going to be difficult, but Still a very good ball player there. As they got Zimmerman at first. They have four like pretty legit catchers after signing Matt Wieters this week. So we'll see how that plays out. And then you still have a rotation with Scherzer and Strasburg at the top with some really good depth. So I think just all around, that's a team that is going to be difficult. Uh, the Mets will be up there as well, but I, just, I don't like their lineup near as much as I like the Nationals, and I think their pitching is comparable. Uh, for the National League Central, we have our World Series defending champions, Cubs. I just, I can't foresee a a backslide to the point where anyone is going to catch them because I think the other the other teams in the National League Central, uh, mainly the Cardinals and Pirates, did not do enough to overcome them. So you got a team here that's returning pretty much everyone except for Dexter Fowler, which I think. Uh, Amora and Jay, their platoon will do a good job of, uh, re- kind of replacing that production. Um, you know, you just look at that lineup up and down and they're going to only get better because Schwarber is going to be back and they're not exactly sure where, you know, they're going to fit in everyone. Um, because you got Schwarber right now, he's not even listed as a starter, uh, cause he's, he's not going to catch. So you got, um, you know, you're gonna have Zobras kind of moving around. Baez is gonna move around a little bit, Bryant can play other places, you know, Hayward can't be any worse than he was last year. <laughs> so if you take that all that into account offensively, they're still gonna be juggernaut. Um pitching wise, they pretty much return everyone. Uh fifth starter is kind of the only question mark after Lester Hendricks, Arietta, and Lackey. Um, and if Mike Montgomery kind of plays out like they think they're gonna have a really good rotation, and then they signed or they traded for Wade Davis. So if he's able to recover from injuries, you're gonna have a pretty good bullpen there. So, you know, pitching is probably their only question mark. Got some some definitely some older guys there. Ariette is on his contract year. So we'll see if they sign him long term or not. But the only way that I'd see them not, you know, <laughs> producing up to expectations is if they kind of crater pitching-wise, if they have some injuries or whatnot. But even then, I, st- I still think they're going to win the Central. Um, in the West, the Dodgers, they're the team that I'm going to go with again, I just think you, this is the team with the most resources in all of baseball, uh, one of the best farm systems. And I think that through the course of the year, having won the West last year, you got the best pitcher in baseball at the top, all the injuries they have, I think, they're they're prime to uh, repeat again. So I you know, I hate picking all the winners of last year, but I just I just don't see how they're gonna be dethroned. Um, you know, the Dodgers do have some more question marks you know, in the outfield. Jock Peterson's probably your only mainstay. We'll see about Puig. I'm not totally convinced about him, but that's that's a guy with so much athletic ability and talent. Left field's a big question mark still. But they have Turner coming back. Seeger. that's another guy. He's an up-and-coming superstar. Uh, they traded for Logan Forsythe, who's going to be an upgrade for them at second base this year, um, from Utley last year, and the other and Howie Kendrick. You got Gonzalez at first. We'll we'll see if Father Time catches up with him. But their rotation has a ton of risk and question marks in it, but it has the potential to be really, really good. You got Kershaw uh, as your ace, Rich Hill. You know, you're going to have him for a full year. He's got a, you know, he's a great number two starter. You got Maeda, Urias. That's a guy, top pitching prospect on baseball last year. His first full year, Scott Casimir is a five. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, Ryu, and Wood. Those are all guys that have, you know, some potential, but there are some injury issues there as well. I just see the Dodgers as a team that they're you know they're gonna probably make a move or two to solidify where they need throughout the year because they have the money and the prospects to do that um so I just think over the long course of the year they're gonna be able to uh do what they need to do to win and then um my national league wild card teams uh I think this will be the closest i think the west will be the closest because the giants are gonna be right there as well I just like the overall Dodgers team a little bit better um you know the Giants they have a lot of the same guys that they've had um we'll see if Pence can stay healthy he's a big part of their lineup but their lineup is not as intimidating um when you when you really look at it there's there guys that get on base and you know you look across that lineup there's not one guy that you're you know, absolutely terrified of besides Posey and even in he's going. I think he's going to be like 30 this year. So he's getting up there. We'll see how <laughs> much he can catch. Yeah, I know. He's had to said he's old and I'm the same age as him, but just on the infield, I mean, you got belt panic, Crawford and Nunez. Like they're not guys that really strike a ton of fear in you. Yeah. They're but good-
0: have have any of their teams that they've won the World Series with in recent memory have have they had terrifying hitters?
1: They have it, but they also they didn't win the World Series last year in their even year. So maybe well,
0: maybe they're just being, you know difficult.
1: Where they do, you know, where their strength is, is their starting rotation name name wise, they really they really bring it. It's just gonna be is Jeff Samarja any good still? Is Matt Kane any good? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is Matt Moore going to be legit? Can he throw strikes? But anytime you have Bumgarner and Cueto as your one-two, you should be able to win a lot of games just because of the innings that they can put in and how that protects your bullpen. And then they added Mark Melanson as their closer, one of the more underrated yeah. closers. All I'm
0: saying is is don't sleep on them. That's all I'm saying.
1: Hey, I'm picking them to go to the playoffs. I know. So. Well,
0: I'm just saying the Dodgers always tend to choke and always tend to get hurt.
1: They do, but So,
0: that that's my only comment on your picks <clears> thus far.
1: Wow, just killing my picks. I see how it no, is. No, I
0: didn't I totally agree about the Nationals and the Cubs. Totally agree about that.
1: <laughs> and then my last wild card pick, as much as it pains me, I will pick the Cardinals uh just because they will they will find a way to to make the playoffs, and I will be happily wrong if if I am wrong. One big um, shot to, to them already this year was losing Alex Reyes for the whole year. He would have been – he could have been their top pitcher this year, just stuff-wise, um, but he's going to be gone for the year, which really hurts them. But their addition of Fowler, I think, uh, solidifies a major weaknesses of, of theirs last year, um, mainly center field defense-wise. And then he's going to just add to the offense of being, you know, the on-base guy at the top of the lineup. And then Kritchik and Piscotty are are solid major leaguers. They still got P- uh, Peralta, and we'll see if Diaz um, can replicate his his rookie year. And then Carpenter and uh, and Wong, Jerko fill out the rest of the you know the infield. They have some options there. Um And then they get Lance Lynn back this the year, which we'll see how he comes off Um Tommy John surgery. But I expect a bounce back here from Waka. And, you know, leak will be solved for them, I'm sure. Martinez, they just signed to extension. And I think Wainwright will also be better than he was last year. And they have some younger guys. and think they're going to try uh Rosenthal as a starter, see how that works this spring. But, um you know, they, they made some signings, Cecil, uh, to their bullpen this year to solidify that. And I don't know how to say his name, but his last name is O. Um, I think he's going to be a much better closer than Rosenthal was. You know, he blew a lot of games early last year, which really kind of killed them. But uh, we'll see. I'll be, if they don't make the playoffs, I'll we'll be very happy. But I think they'll school again as the second wild card. So that's my National League picks.
0: All right, on to my American League picks. We're going to start in the West, just because I want to do it backwards.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's do it.
2: I chose the uh, Houston Astros, which uh, I'm hoping,
0: uh, obviously, is the case. But uh, They were a hot pick
1: for both of us last year.
0: Yeah, and they started the season off terribly. So my, my hope is that they, like, at least start the first 10 games off, like, 500. Like, let's, just, let's just aim for that, guys. And then, you know, because once they got through that major slump at the beginning of the season last year.
1: Yeah, they were awful at the beginning of the year.
0: But they came back so strong. mm mm-hmm. um, And so I, I hope that that experience for a lot of, I mean, they've got a lot of very young guys on that team. Um, And so I hope that experience of starting off just, I mean, atrociously and bouncing back and almost even fighting, like, within a fighting shot of the wild card by the end of the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Uh, they
1: were right there. I hope
0: that 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 experience um, boosts their confidence and their morale as a team and that they can actually get the job done this year with, you know, a roster that a lot of people, I think, are very excited to see. So, uh and I'm also just not terribly um impressed by a lot of the
2: other teams in that division right now. Uh I mean, there's some decent teams, but they're not without their their
0: flaws. So, um I do have the Rangers making the wild card. Um just because they're the team that I always underestimate and they always seem to be better than I um expect them to be so I've got the Astros winning the division and then the Rangers uh, as a wild card from the AL West and then moving uh centrally uh, I did not pick the Tigers to win the division or even to make the wild card wow and that
1: uh you're really down on them this year
0: no I'm not necessarily down on them I just I'm not uh having illusions of grandeur where they are concerned. Um, I think they're going to be okay. They might make a wild card, but
2: I'm not getting my hopes up because I think that they're a really old team. And they're an injury or two away
0: from disaster. Really, really bad. Yeah. Um, So I did choose, and this is even worse, too is who I chose to win this division is those stupid Indians from Cleveland.
1: I mean, you kind of have to.
0: I know I have to because they're the best team in the division and I understand. I just don't have to like picking them.
1: Fair. That's fair.
0: You know, uh, it's definitely not going to be Minnesota. It's definitely not going to be Chicago. So that leaves Kansas City, Detroit and Cleveland. And Cleveland, as they proved last year, is the best team in the division. And I expect them to continue to be that way this year. So let's move on before I have to talk about them more. Uh, To the East, the American League East, the Tigers' old division back in the day. Uh, I chose the Red Sox, which, again, is not terribly surprising. Um, I think that uh, they have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of veteran leadership. They have uh, good pitching. Um, obviously, they are not without their faults. Um, again, I think pitching wise, they're an injury or two away from some
2: uh, not good scenarios. Um, but if you get Porcello to pitch like he did last year, and you get David Price to bounce back,
0: that's hey, two X Tigers on another team doing really well. <laughs> not 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 mad about that whatsoever. Uh,
1: Dombrowski can't hurt you anymore, Cam. Don't worry.
0: You know he's in Boston. He's getting all his old guys back together. I'm just waiting for him to take Miguel Cabrera away from me.
1: That could happen with uh, the change in ownership. I don't know. I feel like the Tigers. The Tigers need to rebuild. They needs They need to get younger.
0: Oh man, I would hate to see him go.
1: We'll see what happens, but Yeah.
0: So anyway, so I've got the Red Sox uh winning the division and then I've got the Yankees as the uh other wild card. And right. that's and, and that Yankees position is the wild card that I am
2: not sold on. They're they're my number two wild card. So that could be the Yankees, it could be the Tigers, it could be uh
0: somebody else, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Yankees.
1: All right, those are pretty solid picks there. I'm not even gonna trash those.
0: Oh well, thank you, because you picked five out of the six <laughs> that I did.
1: <laughs> oh, it spoiled my, spoil my surprise. No, you can still.
0: They don't know what five you picked, Nick. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right, I will. I'll start in the West as well. Uh, I picked the Astros just because I picked them last year and i think if they didn't get off to that start that they did that they would have proved me right but i just look at their lineup and they are to, they are got a really good lineup when you got you know some up and comers like Bregman who i think is going to break out this year Correa will bounce back Altuve best second baseman in baseball um Gary out first then they signed Beltran. And they still got uh, Springer, and they signed Reddick as well. So I mean, you just got a lot of, lot of really good hitters, and they got McCannon, Gaddis at catching. I think the big question with them is if their starting pitching holds out, because you know, no, none of their pitchers really strike for you. And you, know, Keuchel, is their big question mark, having I mean, a really down year last year. Yeah, after winning was, the Cy Young, um, that was
0: disappointing.
1: And then McHugh, I think McCullers is their big X factor. He's the guy with the best stuff, but he's definitely been injury-prone. He's not really proven. I mean, outside of that, you know, Charlie Morton, Mike Fiers, uh, Joe Mos- Mosgrove. I mean, not, not a ton there. That's a team that, you know, I think I said this last year, but if they can take some of their prospect depth and, and trade for a starter, which I think they tried to do, just the starting market was so was so tough to trade for and there's just nothing really available free agent wise. Um, I, I think that's a team you could look for and do that, but they're going to be able to outslug a lot of people this year. Um, and yeah, that lineup has just got a lot of really good hitters in it. So I, I really like them to win the division. Uh, I picked the Rangers as well. Um, just because, you know, that's a team that made the playoffs last year and I, I think that they will be better this year uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think they're going to have Yu Darvish for the whole year this year, which as a number two, you, know, you have Cole Hamels, U Darvish. That's a really solid one punch there. They do have some question marks. Uh, I don't really like Andrew Kashner in the rotation, which he currently would be at this point. Um, so they kind of need to figure out the rest of their pitching. But you got a lineup of Beltray, Odor, uh Mazzara, Lou Roy, uh, you know, Carlos Gomez. We'll see how good he's gonna be this year. Um, I think they have Profar slotted and left uh at this point. And we'll see. And then Mike Napoli is back at first base. So we'll see if he can rekindle some of that and then uh Sinju as well. So that's a team where, you know, pitching they probably have a little bit of advantage to the Astros, but um Definitely don't like their lineup as much as the Astros, but across the board, still some you know guys that can put the ball in play. And then I, my kind of, I guess, surprise out of the out of the blue pick is the Mariners uh, to take that last wild card. Um, you know, they had a really quiet, successful year last year. You know, one of the f- closest team to the playoffs that didn't make it. Um, you know, that's a team that I think. With some of their pitching additions, and um, kind of carrying on that momentum of last year, and having just a couple of really good hitters that I I like, I think can really keep them in contention. Um, really, you know, Felix—he's timeless. We'll see if he can continue and maybe bounce back up from a little bit of a down year. But really, like Iwakuma, I think Paxton could potentially break out this year uh, if he can stay healthy. Uh, Drew Smiley, uh, an old tiger. I think he'll do better in a a little bit bigger ballpark um and then they have some uh, some other options for that fifth spot but you still got cano there um seager nelson cruz um i'll be interested to see if segura can continue his he's a new addition to the team uh, from last year you know their outfield as of right now they have leonis martin and jared dyson both playing which if they do (laughs) there's not going to be a lot of fly balls that are not are going to hit the ground out there you got a couple speedsters but offensively they're not going to be the most um uh you know powerful of hitters and then this is a guy that i want to just make note of because i think that he's going to really hit the scene this year their their closer edwin diaz i think if he is healthy um the whole year. I think he's the type of guy that can put up numbers. Like I was talking about with Dylan Batances, the type of guy that can throw 70 innings and get like 140 strikeouts. Um, one of those crazy numbers like that, just cause he's just got some filthy stuff. So I think they're ha- going to have a pretty solid bullpen too. So um, as with all these injuries are going to play a big part, but those, uh, yeah, I've got three teams from the West uh, c- making the playoffs this year, which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, because lately that's been the worst division.
1: Yeah, so we'll,
0: in the last few years, they could it used make, to be the AL Central that was the worst division. But
1: yeah, now they're sending teams to the World Series every year. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest pick, as much as it you know pains me for you to say, is the Indians winning the Central, just because I think every other team is trending downward except for the Indians. Yeah, and it's,
0: it's the truth.
1: And they didn't really lose anybody, and they signed Edwin Encarnacion. So their their offense super. is super, and they they're probably going to get Brantley back. Um, I think of the big question still with them, you know, outside of you still got Carlos Santana, Kipnis, Lindor, Ramirez, uh, Brantley. Is is Naquin going to be their full time center fielder because he? Did not look like that in the playoffs last year and is Chisenhall hall good enough to be your everyday right fielder so i think those are the questions but they do have um zimmer and triple a that if he puts it together and comes up you know he's a much better option i think in in right field than Chisenhall. hall but then you still got your your rotation of kluber carrasco salazar bauer and tomlin and even guys like Clevenger and Merritt, who played, who who pitched in some playoff games last year and did well, um, I think if they are able to stay healthy, they're a real strong bet to uh, repeat as AL pennant winners. Um, but I mean, you got a lot of injury-prone guys there, you know, so that's why I don't say and did not pick them to win the World Series. Spoiler alert. And then for the East, I also picked the Red Sox for similar reasons. I just don't see any other team uh, with the talent level. I remember this being one of the more difficult choices last year, the AL East. But I think Boston has kind of separated themselves offensively with guys like Betts having superstar years. Brad, or Jackie Bradley Jr. being a well-rounded player. Benintendi top prospect in baseball. It's another guy that's going to emerge as a superstar this year. Uh, you gotta love uh, Bogarts and Pedroia, and then we'll see if Pablo Sandoval see if he took his offseason seriously or not and can hold down the third base. But anytime you could add Chris Sale to your rotation with reigning Cy Young Award winner Rick Porcello <laughs> and David Price, uh, that's a pretty solid one through three there. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, if Pomerantz, and Rodriguez can be there 4 and 5 but i mean it'll be it'll be a lot of pressure on sale he's not going to i don't think he's going to come in and you know win the cy young or anything like that but it's a very talented pitcher they added um and we'll see if price can rebound he had kind of a down year as well but yeah so yeah i think we were just off on our second wild card picks which I could very easily see either of those teams making the playoffs and someone else um uh, coming in there. So, so it's what makes it fun to watch. But and then who uh who are your world series picks?
0: Um well to sound like someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. The Cubs and the Red Sox <laughs> Uh I would love to see the uh Theo Epstein World Series. That would be lovely. I thought we were
1: gonna see it last year, yeah, before the Red, the Red Sox, Sox got swept, just, yeah, yeah,
2: um, I mean it could it could be you know the Indians, um, but I just think after last season, and how the Red Sox were just
0: killing it all year and then just absolutely laid an egg in the playoffs, um and a lot of the young those younger guys have that experience now. Mm-hmm. of the of the full season of the playoffs of what losing feels like of what getting swept feels like um and they added Chris Sale um and I expect Pablo
2: Sandoval not to be horrible this year even if he's just serviceable like that's okay um I don't know I guess for me too the Red Sox still have that like you know uh
0: Underdog mentality, even though that's not actually the case, even though they spend a bajillion dollars and they've won the World Series, like, you know, quite a bit in the Mm -hmm. last 13 years, um, they're still not the Yankees in my mind. Um, So I just think, I mean, it's probably between them. It could be Houston, it could be Cleveland, um, you know, theoretically, it could be anybody, but they just seem to be. The stacks are chipped in their uh, (laughs) – English, guys, learn it. It's real fun. The chips seem to be stacked in their favor. Um, But, you know, the baseball season is really, really good at at throwing curveballs. I cannot hit curveball.
1: Straight ball, I hit it very much.
0: um, To teams. So, you know, Yeah. if they stay healthy – it's it's up to, it's you know an option and then, so I've got the uh, Dodgers or sorry uh, Red Sox Cubs um, just because I'm not convinced as much as you are that the Dodgers um, are
2: good enough or consistent enough or healthy enough um, I'd love to see the Nationals in the World Series um, but gosh could you imagine if the Cubs win two in a row
1: Yeah the world would,
0: the world would end.
1: You know, if I to make the podcast more interesting, I'm not picking the Cubs because <laughs> I don't want. That's just lame. I don't want to do that again, which is why I did not pick them. So yeah, I'll I pick.
0: I'll be the lame one. That's fine.
1: No, I just I want. I didn't want to pick the exact same as you, so I picked. I picked the Dodgers to come out of the, the National League um, because I think they. Uh, it's close between the nationals i think the nationals have a lot of talent too but i think the dodgers have been in it enough and have experienced that failure enough i think i can just foresee a kershaw like takeover where he just wills them to the world series um and then you get i mean rich hill is like a very competent number two and i i mean i could see them trading for a another dominant reliever to go with yeah. Jansen and just it, one of those situations where, yeah, they, you know, where you,
0: yeah. Uh, Kershaw pulls a Madison Bumgarner and pitches just three games of his life in the world. Yeah. Super. Like, yeah, that w- I would, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Kershaw just shut a team down three times. Yeah. And
1: he had some injuries last year, which could come back this year. You know, that back stuff is concerning. And if that happens, then that pick is going to look really stupid because yeah, I don't know if I like the Dodgers that much without Kershaw but i mean that's a team that just to be a little different i mean it's just so hard as good as as good as the cubs are to repeat in that way um because it's a long season because injuries happen especially with the cubs because the pitching is kind of the biggest question mark and they need everyone to stay healthy but you know i would the chances are probably the highest for the cubs to return but um, I kind of went off on a limb uh, With the Dodgers And then actually just made a last second change I did have the Astros But after looking at their starting rotation I just don't see it Over over the playoffs Because that's where pitching becomes even more paramount So I went the Red Sox as well Just because When you have a David Price And a Chris Sale Which Price, you know In the playoffs has not been the best pitcher So I, I I think he just has too much talent for that to continue, and just having having a price porcelo sale, one, two, three, um, I just don't feel, the Indians would be, you know, my, my second choice, but the injuries within their starting rotation give me a pause, so um, yes, with all the computations that I've done, I first see a Dodgers-Red Sox World Series, and I would I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win it all.
0: All right. We shall so see.
1: I definitely had the potential to look really dumb this year, whereas last year I was pretty confident that the Cubs were going to make me look good.
0: <laughs> well, we'll find out in what, seven, nine,
1: eight short months. Who, uh, Who are you picking out of those two, did you say? Oh,
0: oh,
2: oh. Yeah, I was going to try and slide by and not make a pick. <laughs> um Oh man. I really want to say the Cubs again, but I really want to say the Red Sox too. Um Putting you on the spot right here. I know. I'm and I'm I'm actually quite torn. Uh, man. The Cubs replaced Chapman with uh, an injured Wade Davis, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the Red Sox closer is
1: Craig Kimbrell.
0: Oh, that's right. And who else is in their bullpen?
1: You know, I don't know off the top of my head.
0: God, you're you're my baseball Wikipedia. Come on.
1: I do not have my bullpens down.
0: <laughs> that is so. I'm so disappointed in you, actually.
2: Uh, let me hold on. I'm going to ask the internet. It uh, looks like at Relief Pitcher, um,
0: Thornburg, Barnes, Kelly, Ross Jr., and a, I don't know any of them.
1: That did not help. Thornburg, internet. Thornburg was on the Brewers last year.
0: Oh, that would be why I didn't know who he was. Uh, okay, I've drugged this out long enough. I'm just going to go ahead and say the Red Sox. I'm going to highlight it in the show notes so that it's solidified. <laughs>
1: Best of luck to you this year. We'll see. We pick different, we pick different teams this year, so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Well, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Season so, two, episode one. Down.
1: Off and rolling. So I think over the next few weeks we'll roll out our our positional previews um, with our you know pitching staves and lineups like we did last year. And then I know we have our fantasy draft four weeks from today on March 26th, which will be the last week before the season starts. So we'll talk about how we want to program that. But, yeah, I look forward to some uh, some more preview um, material over the next few weeks as we build up to the start of the 2017 baseball season. I'm excited.
0: Indeed. We'll be back next time. Bye.
1: Adios.